boys screws loose, they done stripped the bolts on them. Should have never sent them to pick up the work for them. Sprayed the park and had my shit inside the car. Marcus Smart Boy was shooting with a 36 on him. Said if he wasn't in a rush, they was all goners. All right. Greetings, shuttlings. Welcome to another episode of Chuddy's Corner. It is Saturday, December 23rd. It's about 6.30 p.m. here on the East Coast. And the Celtics dominate the Clippers with a 145-108 to win. Uh, everything just seemed to be going right in this game. Uh, I am your host, Dugouts, here to bring it down with, with me as always. King Chuddy, how you doing tonight, Chud? Doing real well. Games like this one and the last one in Sacramento really, really have me in the holiday spirit. Yes, absolutely. I'm uh, feeling really good about this one. Uh, before we get into the breakdown and everything, uh, I want to remind everyone to follow the show page at Chuddy's Corner on Twitter. Uh, follow me at Doug underscore outs and follow Chuddy at King Chuddy on Twitter. Uh, also, make sure you're checking out our sponsor, Nick Perino Real Estate. That's nickperino.com. He's got all your real estate needs covered. And also, uh, sort of we house all the Chuddy's Corner uh, information and links and things like that. Um, and also make sure if you're listening to this, whatever uh, station or podcast platform you're listening to us on, you are giving us a subscribe, a follow, a rating. Um, all those things just help us to grow the brand, and we're all about growing the Chuddy's Corner brand here. Um, so yeah, we'll get right into it. Celtics win 145-108. to 108. Uh, They pretty much crushed them. At one point, they were leading by 39 points. Tatum puts up 30 points. Jalen Brown puts up 24 points. Uh, we hit like an insane number of threes. I don't have the number right in front of me. But uh, I think it was like somewhere around 20, 25 threes. Um, so, yeah, I'll let you get right on into this one, Shuddy. Why don't you break it down for us? What would you see? What would you like? I liked everything. This was basically, just like you said, domination. And it was dominations on both sides of the ball, almost right from the word go. Really, in a lot of ways, felt like we picked up right where we left off in that dominant Kings game the other night. Um, came out just absolutely firing. We won every single quarter by at least seven points, I think, after, uh, I think it was 28-21 in the first quarter, and then we mm-hmm. were over 30 every quarter for the rest of the game, including 40 in the second quarter, and held them to 30 or below in every quarter. So the offense was working, the defense was working, really just about everything was working. Um, <laughs> again, we were worried about the LA nightlife being undefeated. Well, you would never guess that they were uh, an early wake-up for the Celtics on the West Coast, by the way, they <laughs> came know, into this seriously. game playing. Um, yeah. Because they were just absolutely dominant, right, basically, from the word go. Obviously, no Kawhi Leonard for the Clippers is a huge, huge factor, huge game changer. No Persing is for us, though. No Persing is for us, certainly a difference. But, I mean, Kawhi is, is very clearly their best player when he's healthy and kind of their, their offensive engine, at least for the most part this year, largely on defense, too. But the difference in this game was a lot greater than one player, as we witnessed um, just an amazing performance on both ends. I thought it was great to see right from the opening tip the Celtics came out with a a little bit of kind of a weird defensive matchup to throw at the Clippers as they had Tatum guarding Zubats, and they had uh, kind of hiding Al Horford on Terrence Mann. So the Clippers came right in to run their pick and roll in the first play of the game, and Tatum just switched that Zubats screen right onto Harden, didn't create any mismatch at all. Clippers adjusted, I think, might have been literally the second time down, had Terrence Mann become the screener. Drew just easily fought right through that screen, ran that screener all action again for a second time, and... um Drew just kind of stayed on a loose double of Harden. So they're basically just making man, obviously a much shittier screener, be the ones initiating action in the pick and roll. And then also 
had it set up so they were basically leaving man uncovered off the roll, daring him to basically go inside where he's obviously not nearly the roll threat that Zubats is or making him pop to the outside for, and we're basically daring him to shoot threes as he's pretty much the worst three point shooter on the court. So love that kind of strategic uh, move from Missoula. It's, it's honestly seemed like the Clippers just never really solved it. They had PG going early, made a few shots, but I think he had, you know, he was working hard for everything. He just made a couple tough jumpers, but it seemed like he just tailed off the longer the game went on. They really had, Almost nothing going for them at all other than that uh, early in the game, whereas the Celtics had pretty much everything going. Put up an outrageous number of threes, like you said. But uh, as Joe loves to point out, and I think one of the announcers even pointed out, when they're going in like this, you don't really hear the uh, the critics after the game asking why so many threes. So, yeah. again, it's if you just do the math, the Celtics had uh, as many three-pointers, 15 at halftime, that the Clippers made in the entire game. I think we ended up... Beating them, I think we had more than 10 more threes than they had. Maybe even more than that. Would the Clippers finish like 7, uh, 15 threes or something, if even? Yeah, so, it was low. If you just do the math on that, I mean, it's it's hard to make up. And again, when the Celtics are playing like this, they're generating good threes. And again, it came from really good pace. It seemed like there were barely any times where the Celtics were dribbling in the backcourt. It was like whoever got the rebound was pushing it ahead. And even off made baskets, we were pushing. It was one pass, then another pass right up the floor. And it seemed like by the time the point guard or Tatum, whoever was the guy under the hoop, was getting up the court, the Celtics had already probed the defense. They already had one drive. They were kicking it out to Tatum. He was catching it at the three-point line where the defense was already in kind of a scramble and in a rotation. Just made for super efficient offense. And it was like we had them a step behind us the entire game from the pace we were playing at. The Clippers are another team that's, you know, especially their best players, a lot of veterans. They don't want to play fast. And it seemed like they just had... Absolutely no appetite to play at the speed that yeah. the Celtics played with today. They and it tried was... too early, and it just didn't pay off. Yeah, <laughs> you can't, exactly. Can't do it. Um, you already mentioned probably one of the bigger stories, Tatum, one of his better games he's had in a while. You mentioned that he had 30 points. Didn't even play a minute in the fourth quarter as he was unneeded. And really the main difference was just seeing his shot go in. It seemed like he had the shot going. I love the way it started where it seemed like the Clippers were kind of trying to get in his head with physicality. You saw Norm Powell all over him playing like football style defense on him two mm -hmm. in a row we've seen that work on on tatum in times past where you can kind of rattle him but it seemed like the opposite was true tatum upped his physicality got to the rim drew fouls a couple times had that one finish right chest to chest with powell could have been an and one he kind of flexed and yelled to the crowd he was clearly fired up and it seemed like that kind of got tatum into the game as from there it was uh the three-pointer really started falling he had three in a row at one point in the second quarter capped off by the and one that was Another scary moment for, it seems like every game now, one of our guys yeah. gets an ankle roll. Um, and it was also the second straight game where he had an and one flagrant foul because of that rule. So <laughs> luckily Tatum finished the game, stayed in the game. And again, we'll see uh, if it act, if it flares up again tomorrow and we get another guy missing a game. That would be a huge bummer for him to miss that Christmas game against the Lakers. Feel like knowing what we know about Tatum, it would be surprising. But if it's yeah. a bad ankle sprain, it's a bad ankle sprain. Not much you can do. Um, so, I mean, again, he had his game working inside and out. I think part of that is we've been seeing so much kind of first quarter explosions out of Jalen Brown lately. He had two fouls in the first two minutes of the game. So I think he only played five minutes in the first quarter. Didn't get much going at all. But yeah, they came had in to the... switch up the rotation a little bit there too. Yeah, and it was uh, when, the, when we went to the bench, it was uh, Tatum and Derek staying in. So Tatum playing with Derek, I wonder how much of that was just because of the fouls or if they were trying to kind of switch that up as we had talked about in the past, they didn't do it in the second. So probably the first, but yeah, it's usually Brown has been playing the full first quarter and Tatum's the first one to go out. That was flipped tonight in the first and third quarter. And it seemed like it kind of helped because Tatum really, really was able to get going after uh, Brown went to the benches when he had those few drives. 
hit the three then over Paul George on that. He had that sidestep three going. And when that shot's falling, that's when you know Tatum is locked in. When he's just stepping and shooting, it seems like it doesn't matter how contested it is. He was feeling it. Great to have him going like that because it's been a while. He had 21 points in the first half. As I mentioned, didn't even have to play the fourth quarter. And then it seemed like Jalen was, uh, it was his turn to kind of get into the action on the third. Second straight, third quarter, we've just absolutely pounced on a team. Came right out of the locker room on a 10-2 to run. Eight of those points were by Jalen. Um, he had the pull-up three. He had a ridiculous floater. He had a turnaround mid-range. Like, had every single shot in his bag going there. It's just impressive to see. And uh, that kept going. The Celtics, after that run, had another separate 17-2 run in that third quarter. Um, and again, it just seemed like there was absolutely nothing the Clippers could do to stop him. You go... Up and down the lineup, again, basically every single player had a good game. Even it felt like Derek was having a quiet game, but I looked at the box score. He still ended up with 18 points. Um, so, again, I kind of mentioned recently it seemed like the team is kind of firing at all cylinders, and this was just more more of the same from that. When they're playing at this speed, when they're making a solid amount of their shots, and when they have this attention to the way they're executing on defense, just really hard to beat. Um, and that was fully evidence today. Like I said, it seemed like the, there was just absolutely nothing the Clippers could do. There were basically a non-competitive game from the you know middle of the second quarter on they never even made a run to get it seemed like below 25 points from there and uh again yeah. just nothing they could do dominant performance yeah uh like i'm just to piggyback on what you just said about the second quarter so uh what do we say the score was 28 to 21 after mm-hmm. the first start of the second quarter on a 31 to 17 run so i feel like like you said just right from there it was pretty much over um mm-hmm. Keeping in that same vein about the runs, we started the third quarter on a 27-9 run. So at that point, and you alluded to it earlier too, this is a lot older of a team. I feel like they were just they were just done. They were kicked. They didn't want what it would yeah. take for them to have to stage a comeback, especially the way we were playing. They just wanted – they had no interest in doing that. Um, I think the LA nightlife affected James Harden probably more than anybody out there. Um, and it was kind of – you know, there's been a lot of – and rightfully so. He's been playing pretty well with the Clippers. But it was definitely – it yeah. felt like a lot more of like an old James Harden game. I would love if we just sort of like woke up something in him to kind of make him sort of get back to that sort of like awful teammate, uh, give, mail it in type of player. Uh, but overall, total domination, 51-34. Uh, we won the rebound battle. Um, we had 33 assists on 49 shots. That's the type of basketball that this team's gonna that this team is gonna be almost impossible to beat when they're passing the ball around that much and the pace is moving that much. There's very little of that ISO ball. There's a few times when Tatum was kind of getting into his bag a little bit, which again I'm okay with that. That's obviously the kind of stuff that you live with, especially when the shot's falling. Um, 23 to eight, two on second chance points. So to me, that just says that we were out hustling them completely. Fast mm-hmm. break points, 21 to 13. Again, just getting out there and running. Um, all the things that really that. That we're that we're more successful when we do it is is what what's happening in this game. Um, Thirty three twenty five on assists. It was just you know only yeah. nine nine turnovers too. We just played really good ball. Shot forty seven percent from the three point line. Twenty five of fifty three. So again, fifty three fifty three foul shots. When we or fifty three. This is a tough one for me to say. Fifty three <laughs> three point shots. Uh, when we shot, I think that was about the same number that we shot against the Warriors, right? And, you it was know, 58, but that was with overtime. 58, okay. I knew it was 50, which is a yeah. lot. But again, yeah. this is like this is the kind of game that you just want to mail this the box score to Gary Washburn <laughs> um, and let him yeah. take a look at that. Um, a little, we talked a little bit when Tatum rolled his ankle too. Um, there was two different times when they got. Um, did the second one get called the flagrant, or did it they not? Did. They reviewed yeah, it. it. Okay, they, okay, so they reviewed that one, and that was both a flagrant. Um, they had mm-hmm. Wick, Wick Grosbeck, the Celtics owner, on the call too, with which was, by the way, one of the weirdest like combinations there. Him and um, <laughs> the guy from Scrubs, I'm blanking on his name right now, uh, like Phazon or something like yeah. that. 
Donald so, Faison? Donald something. Faison, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, apparently they have a show together. Um, premieres tonight at 8. Uh, Wick, you can send the check in the mail for the free plug. Uh, but Wick was, like, so pissed after that first Tatum. When, like, like they were kind of talking about it. I was thinking, like, they said something like, well, Tatum's going to get, like, you know, uh, Donald Faison was like, well, so he gets the, he made the three and he's going to get the extra point here. So this is good. He's got four points. And he, Wick was like, well, yeah, now he might be out for 10 days. He's just like, he was like, <laughs> he and was then pissed. it came back to him like later on. He's like, I'm still just, I can't believe that, that, that play, like, you tell, like he was like so pissed about it, which is something, you know, you'll have to see it out of your owner. I mean, I'm sure most owners wouldn't like that, but just that he was kind of wearing that on his sleeve to me, that was, that yeah. was really awesome. Um, but yeah, there's not a whole lot of, I mean, outside of some of those uh, stat lines, I think uh, Drew Holiday had a really good game today too. He had 20 points. I think he had 20 points in the previous game. So this is back-to-back mm-hmm. 20 point games. You had said earlier too, that, this might have been the only time he's gotten to 20 points with this, which it is, is fine with me. I think his his stat line has become so consistent to me where it's like it's like the it's somewhere in like the high teens, sometimes even 20, like the last few games, uh, for points. Mm-hmm. Rebounds is always like, you know, six, seven, or eight. Assist is always like five, six, or seven. It's just like always oh, a very he came close to the triple double last game, but it's always just so mm-hmm. so reliable. And I think um that's something that kind of goes um uh, unnoticed in some cases, but I think it's something to just have that always kind of locked in there um, makes a big difference for all the other guys in the team. I think that he's just been playing well. The stuff he does that doesn't show up on a stat sheet too is huge. So for him to still be able to get kind of that consistency in the stat department is really awesome to see. Yeah. Um, but Perfect I thought that he, glue guy. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's probably the best way to put it. We're just a great glue guy. And uh, you know, like they were saying too, in the broadcast, like just kind of fell in our lap. It's still just crazy to me that, uh, you know, <laughs> we managed to, I remember when he first got traded, everyone was kind of like, well, let's get Drew Holiday. And I'm like, how's it even going to happen? And then it happened. It's like, holy shit. And yeah. he's kind of just been everything you want. Today he had the three ball going too, which I know isn't like necessarily like a, he's, he could shoot it for sure, but it's not like a strength of his, but it looked pretty good today. Um, yeah. He had that one play where he sort of stole the ball from Zubak. Zubats, yeah. Zubats. That, was the, that was the play I was going to mention where it was like uh, they were making a little bit of a run in the second half. They had cut it to 20. Mm-hmm. Zubats got the rebound. He just went to outlet it. And it was like Drew just stole the outlet pass, knocked <laughs> yeah. it away picked it up and hit an open three that again, they had cut the lead down to 20 that put it back to 23. And that was, I thought the perfect kind of time where, as you had mentioned, it was like the Clippers almost quit. I think that was like, what, what more of a demoralizing play could there have been? And those well, are just the kind of plays holiday. Holiday did the, the same thing too. He kind of like waits a second to shoot. It's like, really? Like no one's going to, no one's going to go. Yeah. All right, fine. It's <laughs> like, can I say, I think that's like, that sort of adds definitely some insult to injury. Um, yeah. But yeah, just a just a great great game. Totally enjoyable. They scored one forty four, mm-hmm. I think, the night before. So one forty five today. Yep. Um, that's like as far as like the modern era of basketball goes. That's base. That's the Celtics' like highest back to back scoring. I have the number right here. I think Dick Leip tweeted it out. Um, yeah. Most points in a two game span. They scored two hundred ninety eight in nineteen fifty nine. They scored two hundred ninety one in nineteen sixty two and two hundred ninety in nineteen sixty six. This run was 289 points in 2023. <laughs> so I'd say as far as like Not the bad. modern NBA goes, um, that's definitely, uh, I, I, you know, I, in my yeah. in my brain, this is like the best two games. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and he had said on the broadcast too that it was their first time scoring over 140 in back-to-back games since 1966. So, Oh, okay, yeah. So just they, that in itself. Yeah. And they were comfortably over 140 in back-to-back oh. in regulation. So Derek White continues to just be an absolute blocking machine. Yeah. Um, He's three the first, blocks in the first half again. Yeah, he's the first guard in NBA history to have three blocks in four straight games. Uh, and then I have another Dick Leip special. 
Uh, Derek White is the first Celtics to have at least three blocks in four consecutive games since Bob Williams in 2021. He's also the first Celtic guard to achieve that feat. But I guess he's the first Celtic, so he's the first guard to, to achieve that feat. So yeah, um, crazy. That's crazy just crazy. Way, so. I mean, imagine if a guard, like I don't know, I don't know what like the record for like a guard. This will definitely be something Inter could look up. Like a guard, what's the highest like blocks per game a guard has finished with? Um, it'd just be interesting <laughs> to see. I mean, just to be averaging three over four games is pretty impressive in itself. But yeah, no, um, it really is absurd. And he had another one where, um, you know, we've talked so much this year about running the drop coverage and how so much of our ability to run drop coverage is how good Drew and White are at getting around the screen and recovering mm-hmm. to their guy quickly. And we had another one of those incredible blocks tonight where he comes around the screen and stuffs uh, Paul George's pull-up jump shot from behind. Yeah. Again, Paul George is basically like 6'9", so he's already like right. five inches taller than White. Gets a screen to get around him, and White still manages to get around the screen, jump from behind him, and get all ball on a jump shot over his head. It's just like, just such an absurd play. And he yeah. started the fast break, and Paul George, they didn't call it a take foul, but he basically just like elbow checked him, like out of bounds. Like, he, Paul George was like so annoyed by him, which is, yeah, I love defenders. Such a literally little like move. Annoying. I love it. Yeah, the way exactly. he got in there and, and recovered to block that. Such a cool play. You just don't see that a lot in the NBA. No, not at all. Unless you watch Derek White. Well, yeah, we see it a lot, but most people don't see that. It must have been quite shocking for Paul George to experience that. But yeah, I yeah. mean, this was this was just a really fun game. And again, you mentioned Kawhi was out. You got to, you know, that obviously has an impact yeah. on the Clippers. They weren't playing with full strength, but I don't know. I don't think I don't know if Kawhi Leonard is, uh, you know, a thirty. Oh, time for math in the spot. Like a thirty-eight point difference. I don't. <laughs> thirty-seven, I, don't know, I think. Thirty-seven. But yeah, 37 or 38. Well, 38 would have uh, been for them to win, yeah. Yeah. So, would have been a tie at 37. But, yeah, well, I don't know if he's that big of a difference. Obviously, there would have been, you know, you could say that Jay, uh, him on Tatum might have kind of impacted Tatum a little bit. But, I don't know. To me, it was just, this is just a great win. I'm not going to, we're missing Porzingis, too. I think that you can, those two can be a wash. I'll, I'll wash those two out. Um, yeah, just yeah. a great game. No, that's fair. Um, definitely. I think mention again, after the quiet start because the fouls by Jalen, he just continues to play just almost near perfect basketball like exactly what we want out of him on a night even where Tatum's going you found times for Brown to pick his spots he continues to just push the pace there was that one point I think it was uh I think it was the start of the second quarter when he came back in finally after the foul trouble and it was like the Clippers mm-hmm. actually had threes going it was like three trips in a row I think they matched our threes and again doing that thing that I just love so much watching the Celtics even after a make basket it's like they pump it in and quickly pass it ahead and it's like Brown catches the ball and just manufactures like a fast break again off a make like it shouldn't be a fast mm-hmm. break but he just gets the ball up there so quickly we're at an advantage he's just coming downhill at guys trying to drive past them it was like he was yeah. drawing fouls or hitting open shots almost every time and he continues to just be an absolute wizard in that mid-range um those shots that again people say the mid-range is dead it's inefficient blah 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 it is but it's like that's really what separates the stars from the rest of the league there's very few guys in the league who can actually make that mid-range be an efficient shot the Celtics have two of them, um, and the way Brown has been shooting in the mid-range lately is just that little fadeaway. It's, just, it's, it's such an awesome shot to yeah. watch, and it's he's like, he can he's hang it for so right long. Now. Yeah, he's yeah. In, it's like, like yeah, it's like he's floating in the air. It's crazy. And the, and he had another one in the second half where he had like Russ blocked him, and he had to do it again to beat the shot clock. And that was not only one of those fadeaways, but it was like a rainbow that was so high over the backboard and just yeah. perfectly like splashed through the net. He is just. Uh, absolutely locked in and it was good to see also it's lately they've been doing it without even hitting threes but for tatum to go five of ten brown three of six yeah, combined 10 of 16 or whatever for those guys on threes mm-hmm. when they're shooting over 50 percent from three then there's really no stopping them because those guys are both scoring at three levels right now it's absolutely beautiful to watch yeah and you mentioned too the way that they kind of inbound the ball quickly and manufacture that kind of fast break i just think it's just like 
what I think about last year and the things that frustrated me last year. Like there was yeah. so much rolling the ball, yeah. slowly moving it. I, I used to. I feel like last last year I would always be looking at the shot clock. Like they're not even going <laughs> to get it over in time. They're going to get like eight second violation. Um, yeah. So this for this year for them to be kind of just like out, just pushing that pace like that. Um, again, yeah. these guys are still pretty young. Like you know, eventually they might have to change the game. But while we have it, that has to be the way that they play. Because yeah. I think a lot of the teams that you know we're going to be competing with down the stretch don't necessarily have that kind of like uh, like stamina and youth and things like that. I think um, if, yeah. you look at, if, you, if you look at like the Bucks, if you look at Philly, I mean Maxi's obviously super fast on Philly, but uh, Embiid. If we play that way, if he's has no. to run up and down the court like that all the time, um, yep. it's just exactly kind of, and, and with teams, more physical teams, like I'm thinking about like the Knicks, the Cavs too, we saw against like the Cavs too, if the Cavs recently, you know, if we just get out and play that style of pace, they can't keep up with it. And we have enough guys who can get out there and do it. And at the same time too, when they're taking it back up, play just crazy defense on them too. It's it's like smothering yeah. teams. It's awesome to watch. Um <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know. This is an exciting game. This is a fun game. <laughs> Definitely. No, yeah, the really holidays feel pretty good. It really is, and it's so cool to see on defense, too. Just, I mean, I mentioned a little bit, like, how we were able to play with the matchups, but they have such a versatile team where, again, their best player, probably at least in tonight's game, Paul George, a guy who's like a six, like I said, six, nine-ish forward. We have probably four guys in the starting lineup who can put on him and be completely confident. Like, for Derek to be able to get that, mm-hmm. uh, that call to guard a guy like Paul George is just crazy and i mean it's a testament to how amazing Derek is on d that and he did such a good job on him for the most part too like then you yeah. can have drew guarding harden you can basically have tatum almost rest resting as he was guarding amir coffee um and jalen was on uh or well tatum was on zubash and no so yeah brown was basically resting on amir coffee it's like yeah. just crazy you go down the list with how well these guys can individually defend when they're locked in and you saw it again another again kind of like quiet al stat sheet game but he was just awesome Nemus Keda again coming in fourteen and twelve, just his second double double in a week, um, and he had like none in his career before that, and it just looks legit again. Like there's little sloppy plays here and there, but he's coming in playing over twenty minutes tonight. <laughs> it was like longer stints, um, and he was doing it all on both ends. He had three assists, too. fourteen points is obviously <laughs> huge. Twelve rebounds. He's a dominant offensive rebounder, solid rim protector. Like he's just become quickly a imagine, really, really imagine solid how many assists center. a game he would have if you would if you could count counting his own shot miss- and getting yeah. Yeah, and putting your own yeah. miss back. He would have probably had a triple double if that was the case because yeah. it seriously seems like that guy. And again, I, I think he's awesome. I think he's played great. I think that he should play a lot he more. Is. I feel like yeah. Luke Cornette, like we've been saying it for a while, might have got Wally Pipped here because he can't do the things that he's doing. But it does right. seem like he just, no matter what, is missing his first attempt at the rim <laughs> and getting the rebound yeah. afterwards. So it's like, you know, it, it's it's funny to watch. Uh, but, you know, I'm hoping that eventually down the stretch that doesn't come back to, to bite us. But it is yeah. pretty, it's, it's, it's fun to watch him kind of get things going. And again, you know, guys kind of, he's got like a good, 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 Good backstory, kind of working his way up, and now he's getting some putting in some quality minutes on the best team in the NBA. So um, yeah, he's a huge definitely factor excited. In the game. Yeah, definitely excited for more more of him. It'll be interesting when Cornette comes back. If there's any like you know games where you know he might yeah. have, I don't. I'm trying to think of if there's like a matchup where it might make more sense for what he brings, but I don't know because mm. it's not like he's just like big and like slow. He's like big and like no. fast and super athletic. And, so and hobby, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. No, so he kind of brings just so much more. Um, you know, I guess you could maybe say Cornette is like a little bit better, like shooting wise, like away from the paint, but it's not yeah, like he's not, not really. like it's good enough to, yeah, like right. not, it's good enough to, ca- to counter that out. No, um, I think what Kate is bringing is, is way more valuable than what Cornette can bring. If Kate can keep doing this and def- teams aren't able to kind of 
target him on defense and put him in an uncomfortable way that we really haven't seen many teams do, then he's just, he's really an asset off the bench. And again, playing way more minutes tonight, continues to be good minutes. And again, even got the, uh, the rest treatment where it was not only the starters, they didn't even put Kata back in. They had Fanton basically playing center to close out the game with a bunch of wings and gave Kata the last five, six minutes off. So it's like, all right, you've made it. You're a real part of the like, top end rotation. <laughs> yeah. We're going to get you this rest here. So you're ready to go. And if Cornette and Porzingis especially continue to be out, like, We've known that no matter what, even with health, with the way our uh, Allen, Kristaps want to rest, even if healthy, like we knew there's going to be a lot of opportunity for a bench big to emerge, and it's looking more and more like Kata just might have that job on lockdown. Yeah. Um, I think uh, speaking of kind of discovering and finding your shot, um, O'Shea Brissett, uh, yeah. three for four from three this game. So, I mean, if that guy can hit jump, if he can hit three-pointers in there, I mean, yeah. everyone's in trouble in the NBA. I mean, that, like, he's, you know, there's going to be some games again. He played, what did he play, like, 18, so he played 18 minutes today, 12 points, yeah. uh, three rebounds. Again, just a motor guy. But again, if he's out there able to hit threes, it's almost, you know, similar to, uh, you know, not not apples to apples, but kind of like uh, um, Hauser's progression where now he's like a lights out shooter. I'm not saying he's going to be a lights out shooter, but he's almost <laughs> like where Hauser was, I feel like. Two years ago, where it's like going out there making some big plays. And... Well, I'd say it's like the opposite almost, where Hauser could shoot and he couldn't do anything else. Brissett uh, is good at basically everything but shooting. But if they're mer- both merging right. those skills, if they, I guess, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a good point. But, but it, yeah, way, I mean, with Brissett, too, it's like no one's going to cover him with who else he's playing with and the, like his profile. So he's basically going to be dared to shoot wide open corner right. threes, which and is like he's basically been airballing and clanking a lot of those. Right. Things. And kind of, if he but... finds his shot, that's exactly. huge. That's if massive. If he can make that at near 50%, like, that's crazy. And he will definitely get a lot more bench minutes for us because you're right. Everything else uh, he provides is awesome. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Hauser, too, so he, had, he played 18 minutes today. It felt like he wasn't out there a whole lot. Do you think there's anything to that? I mean, he played the same as same minutes as O'Shea Brissett, played five minutes less than Pritchard. I feel like him and Pritchard were always kind of like a package deal out there. Do you think there's anything with this, his shooting slump or, or is Joe just kind of trying to t- test out some things with the other guys? Yeah, I mean, I don't... I felt like he wasn't out there at all. But, I mean, he yeah, was, Yeah, maybe but... not until the end of the game. Um, I don't know, probably just having the Jays back. And again, maybe, like, he was still... The first sub of the game was Kata, Pritchard, and Hauser. Um, he came in and played with those guys. And mm-hmm. I didn't think it was anything, like, too out of the ordinary. Again, maybe just had some, like, extra run with uh, Tatum out last game or something like that. But I don't think he's in jeopardy of, like, losing that spot. I think maybe, you know, there'll be probably games where he plays on the lower end, like tonight, where he's more closer to 15. Some games where he's probably up closer to 25 minutes, especially if he has it rolling. But um, I wouldn't read too much into it, especially in a game like this where we're just absolutely dominating throughout. Yeah. Yeah, I just feel like you, you had 18 minutes, but like you said, I think a lot of that, probably five or six of that was just towards the end of the game. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, I hopefully, think again, hopefully there's nothing to it. I might just be, but it just, at one point in the game, and maybe it was just because he wasn't making shots, and that's kind of when you notice him more. But I felt like, I don't know, just at one point in the game, I'm like, I feel like I haven't seen Hauser in like forever. He yeah. came in with the first subs, like you said, but I felt like after that, it just kind of fell a little bit out. But it might have <laughs> well, just think, also uh, been other people playing well, just keep the hot hand yeah. going type of thing. And I think perhaps some of the Clippers personnel, or even without Kawhi, they have a, a lot of good wing players who are kind of big, physical, and strong, like the Paul George, Norm Powell's, or another guy like that. Harden is, I know he's a guard, but he's pretty big. Um, mm-hmm. So those are probably guys you feel better about someone like OJ, O'Shea Brissett defending. Um, mm-hmm. We know Sam's been good on defense, but obviously you don't want him guarding like too many guys who are bigger, stronger, and fat, more athletic than him, which would have been yeah. the case. So maybe just a little something like that where they thought it was a good matchup for Brissett. And uh, clearly it worked, as it seems like for the most part, Joe can do no wrong lately. Yeah. Yeah, no, just something to keep an eye on. But um, yeah. 
Do you have anything else uh, for this game? Not really. I thought there was just a few interesting, again, like funny things to go through and point out. Um, Scal mentioned that he has the Clippers in his inner contender circle. I don't know if you caught that. He said that it's Denver, the Clippers, and OKC are his three teams that he has as contenders in the West. Um, Wait, I like the, Denver, I like... OKC, and the Clippers? Yeah. So I thought that Scouts was pretty bold. stupid today. It pissed me off. I like the way the Clippers are playing, but that's that seems a bit aggressive to have them over, um, you know, Minnesota, who's the number one seed by a good amount. Some other teams like that. Uh, I think I think they got a little bit more to prove, so that kind of caught yeah. my eye a little bit. Um, to say the least, there was also oh, what did I have? There's one other funny announcer thing I wanted to see. Well, I why think about that? I think that I'll just say something with Scal. Scal's got to stop agreeing with the refs so much. <laughs> Every time they call like a he's like, no, 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 yeah. I think this is a foul. It's like, fuck off, man. Get pissed <laughs> off. Yell at the refs. We don't, we don't care if you're right or not. We're not looking for that. We're not looking for that kind of analysis. We want you yeah. to scream at the ref. That's what we want. That's what we're used to. That's what we need. I don't, Totally with you. So, yeah, there was, I, I, I forget the play. It was, um, it was like someone uh, early in the game, he said, like, no, it was uh, Horford, I think. He's like, no, you'll see Horford does kind of pull on his arm. He's like, oh, well, yeah, he couldn't yeah. see him that angle. It's like, yeah. <laughs> Just fucking really, like, get pulled the chair out. Yeah, I yeah. know. Yeah, no reason to be defending them like that. That was weird. The <laughs> so the other minute thing I was thinking was at the beginning of the game when uh, Westbrook came in for the Clippers and Carter said something like, uh, "Oh, it was nice to see like Westbrook came over and say hi to you before the game." And Scal was just oh, like, yeah. "Yeah, like that was not a friendly encounter. I don't think he likes me at all." <laughs> yeah, I do. I would love to know a little bit more on the background on that. I don't know if Scal said something about him before in the past or what, but yeah, that was. Uh, I thought that was. Funny moment that had me cracked up. Just like, why would Westbrook uh, and Scal just a hilarious potential NBA beef? I don't know why that would be the case, but uh, yeah, love that. Maybe laugh. And then you kind of already alluded to that bizarre second quarter interview with Donald Faison and Wick Grossback. So, <laughs> so apparently, the show, the sitcom Extended Family that's coming out, is like literally based on Wick's life. Is that what they're saying? It, it's what it sounded like, <laughs> but I don't, I don't get how Donald Faison could be playing Wick Grossback. <laughs> But I then they also said that John, he said they're like, is John Cryer there too? So I don't know. He's that's in the, the show. guy. So yeah, he's the guy from like, he was like two and a half men, I think. He was like the brother in two and a half men. I'm pretty uh, sure that's who I John think Cryer so. he's is. A fami- he's a familiar face. Comedian. Yeah, no, been that's like, who that is. But yeah. So maybe that's the guy who's playing Wick. And I don't know. And like, I don't really know. I'm just, honestly, I think we're going to watch. We're at 8 o'clock tonight, NBC. <laughs> it seems like from what I could tell from the previews, the show was about like a guy who's basically forced to like still live with his ex-wife or something and her like new boyfriend or something weird. And again, which was that Wick's life? The show was like, I have no idea. And which guy is he in that scenario? Like <laughs> I, the whole thing is bizarre, but um, yeah, I mean, curious to, to see what's going on, I guess. Um, yeah. Interested in the lace. So extended family tonight at, uh, in about one hour from where we are live on NBC. Oh, Very wow. curious to check that out. I wonder if any uh, Celtics will eventually get cameos on the show. Could be something Could be interesting huge. to monitor. But uh, yeah, interesting. You don't see. I feel like the owners sit in for a full quarter long interview. Um, and I thought he did say some interesting stuff Celtics wise. I like that he basically just scoffed at the Jalen question when they said it was yeah. a hard decision, and he just said something like, "If that's a hard decision, like you shouldn't be the Celtics owner." Or yeah, like he that. said that one was easy. Yeah, so. Good to hear him say stuff like that. Obviously, it's easy to say when he's watching Jalen play the amazing basketball that he has been lately. But, um, yeah, just just cool to watch, like I said. Um, cool to see the owner in there chopping it up. Clearly cares a lot about the team and winning. So that's really all you can ask for as an owner that gives a shit, 
is willing to spend his money and doesn't get in the way of personnel decisions. Yeah, and is played by Donald Faison in his biopic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> apparently that too. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. Maybe we'll have to... Has to get some more information. I think we should do. Maybe we should do like a uh, a little quick uh, podcast review or something like that after the pilot tonight. <laughs> yeah, we'll be live live tweeting. We'll it, be right? live You're tweeting. You're gonna live tweet it, yeah. the show from me. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, one thing too, I forgot to mention about the game. Um, Tatum showing Daniel Tice the ultimate respect in the Tice uh, world of by absolutely putting him on a poster earlier today. Yes. Um, I think again, I think that that's that's just the language that Tice speaks. That's like. Like, you yep. know, in some cultures, it's like, if you're here and you, like, burp at the table, people are like, oh, that's rude. But in some cultures, like, burping at the table is your way of saying, like, oh, this meal was very good. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I feel like dunking on Tice is pretty much, like, that his culture's way of being like, hey, good to see you, my friend. Yeah. And Tice yeah. is kind of like, oh, yeah, hey, how you doing? And he gets slammed on, so. <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah. And uh, Jalen tried to absolutely add him to his graveyard as well in the second half. Should have been yeah. a foul. They didn't call exactly. him. Tice got all armed, but it was just like. This is the Daniel Tice experience. This is what exactly. it is. It's the guys open just, sign of respect. I was going to, I was. If you don't try to put him on the poster, it means you don't like him. Yeah, I was going to tweet, thinking of tweeting out the, saying like the self, the self, Tice's former teammates uh, lining up to like go at him with the clip from Airplane when they're all like waiting in line <laughs> to like get the girls going crazy. Oh, that would have been a good one. <laughs> that's kind of what it felt like out there. But like you said, that's just that's just how it is for Tice. Exactly. In no Tice culture, that's there. that's the ultimate sign of respect. So to yeah, not do exactly. so would be disrespectful. And um, then the, the one other announcer thing too is Carter has the loves these little snide, like subtly sarcastic remarks. He's been doing oh, them yeah. all year. He had one in the first half with Westbrook where he came in and was like, Said something about him immediately turning it over, and Scal like called Scal like, I think he's being sarcastic there. Like, what if we're going along with it? But then he did it again, uh, much more subtly when Tatum pulled up and hit that deep three in Paul George's eyes right at the end of the first quarter, and he was like, Tatum, he's like for three, and he's like, is that a bad shot? Doesn't yeah. matter. And he's kind of calling out Paul George for the old playoff series when Lillard hit the shot, and he was like, well, that was a bad shot. And, like, yeah, he went in or whatever. So. Carter, uh, he's Carter gets super it. He online. Some... Like you can tell yeah. that guy's just he's so in tune with like tweets and like what's being said online. Yeah. And shit. So I think it's it's a good contrast to uh, Scal, especially where in this modern age, Gorman isn't really keeping up with him. Like check, he's not really checking <laughs> Scal in that regard. So yeah. I think it's a good contrast. Uh, Carter continues to. to he make loves laugh, nicknames kinda. too. He he will like he's he's <laughs> yeah. like the guy. He's yeah. like that NBA quote that's like I'd rather. I'd rather go like one for fifty than like one for five. Like he's mm-hmm. like that, but with like trying new nicknames for players. Like he'd rather yeah. give out. He'd rather shoot like a million nicknames out, and maybe one of them goes in. But he kept shooting. He keeps shooting the nicknames out. Um, he does. So he's had some good ones. So not to say I'm not saying he's going one for fifty, um, but he is definitely getting his shots up when it comes to nicknames for players. <laughs> no shortage. <laughs> oh, yeah, no shortage. I think he so. thought Sam was going to attempt to dunk, and he called him Slamhauser. <laughs> Oh my god, yeah. Like it's, yeah, it's he's, he's got a bunch with Hal. I mean Hauser's got an easy one to go with, but yeah. yeah. So alright. No. Um yeah, so <laughs> that about wraps up uh the announcer talk. We just went deep on the good. announcers here. Good but again, it's a good crew, those guys are fun together. They wore matching outfits. Uh almost similar to us if you're if you're watching us on Spotify or YouTube, mm. you can see the video. Um well, mine's a little bit more of an off whitish, grayish, but mm. uh yeah, when we logged on, I felt <laughs> definitely a little bit of a connection there. Um, I think it's just a good good sign between them doing it, us doing it, and the way the Celtics are playing. It all just ties in together now how locked in everyone on the team Everyone's is from, locked uh, in, yeah. from the top to the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, again, Celtics just a, just put a bow on all of it. Celtics beat the Clippers 145-108. to 108. 
Uh, they're moving on next. The Lakers are going to do a little Lakers preview at the end of the round the NBA. But for now, let's do around the NBA. What do you have for yeah. us uh, on that front? One more thing before we jump in. Got to oh. shout out Drew Peterson getting his first NBA basket. Oh, yeah. The recent the two-way ball. signing. Get it, yeah. And Carter at another <laughs> hilarious line at the end of the too, game yeah. where he's like, as yep. we learn anything, it's that you got to get the game ball to the guy who scored his first NBA point. Yep. So that was funny. J.D. Davison got some run at the end, too. So, again, whenever that's happening, you know, it's it's a good game for the Celtics. But yeah. Had All to right. shout that out. Around the NBA, what do you got for us? All right. Not a ton of around the NBA stuff today. Um we did see in the game before this, Kawhi missed his first game of the year. Last game for the Clippers tonight was obviously his second missed game, but he had played the first 26. The Thunder, just a dominant win over the Clippers in that game. Uh, breaking the Clippers' nine-game winning streak, the Thunder continued to look awesome. I don't know if you saw Chet threw it off the glass himself for a himself. dunk in the middle of the game. Uh, he continues to be super fun to watch and playing like an absolute stud. It's cool to see. Uh, we mentioned quickly Kenny Lofton Jr., the big chonky boy for Memphis. Mm. Who they had to cut last time. He got picked up by the 76ers on a two-way deal, so we can rule out bringing that beef into our front court. <laughs> um, the Pistons, our sad, sad friends. The Pistons yeah. were actually favored in their last game against an yes. extremely shorthanded Utah Jazz team at home. Our boy Kelly Olynyk uh, basically gave them the tumble finger and said no. The Jazz won that one in Detroit. The Pistons' streak is up to 25. They've got two straight games against the Brooklyn Nets, and then and uh, they can set the single season loss record, which is 26. The all time going across seasons is 28. So if they lose these two Brooklyn games, they'll have a chance to tie that 28 game losing streak against the Celtics on December, I believe, 28th. Oh boy. So uh, yeah, that will be fun. Haha. <laughs> Um, other interesting stuff we had a huge we have two kind of very cool and rare streaks going on right now with Joel Embiid going for 30 and 10 he's now done it in gosh I think it was like eight straight games I don't know the exact number but I know it's the longest streak of 30 10 games since Kareem did it so that's pretty cool and rare company and Trey Young has a similar one going uh with assists though i think it's 30 and 10 assists and he's now done that in six straight games the only other person to ever do that is oscar robertson so uh hasn't really been resulting in wins for the hawks but he's still pretty, pretty amazing company yeah wow six in a row so uh both pretty crazy and anytime you hear stats reference someone doing this something for the first time since kareem or oscar robertson you know that <laughs> you're putting up pretty damn crazy numbers yeah. for sure and be doing it in winning fashion um Embiid's actually, I mean, he's been playing absolutely insanely lately. He's averaging over 40 points a game for the entire month of December, which is just obviously preposterous for him to be doing that, mm -hmm. uh, which we can lead into Tim Bontemps from ESPN every year does what is called uh, an NBA MVP straw poll, which he'll do like every couple times throughout the year where yeah. he basically reaches out to everyone he knows in the NBA and takes their vote. So it's usually a pretty good indicator. And uh, Joel Embiid had a pretty steady lead um so going into the year i would have thought it would be kind of crazy to think that Embiid actually had a chance to win back-to-back -back mvps but if he keeps playing like this i don't know like it's gonna be hard for some narrative to overtake him uh because it seems like he is just absolutely dominating the league has clearly improved his game in a lot of ways and is just playing better than last year so um you know maybe he will get that M second mvp the odds are drastically in his favor at the moment so long season I mean... a lot can change I, I just feel like, again, I just feel like that's kind of like the player that, like, he's in it. I, his game just pisses me off for litany of reasons. <laughs> we don't need to get into the whole thing. It, he's a free throw merchant. Uh, but, again, he's after MVPs. I think that that's going to be ultimately the downfall of it. I don't think that 
it's necessarily a recipe for winning the way that the Sixers are playing. They're winning regular season games. Yes, we talked about who they're playing and whatnot. But um, mm. so yeah, I mean, I'm kind of over. He can win five MVPs in a row for all I care at this point. But it's just, I don't, to me, it just, <laughs> I think he's the same same Embiid as he's always been. Maybe in a little bit better shape. His assist numbers are way up. It seems like he's playing differently. And I mean, the streak that he's on now is pretty stark. So yeah. yes and yes and no, I guess. Um, we'll see. Soon in the again. playoffs. Yeah, it's it's kind of no like you said, no matter what happens MVP or otherwise uh, to change his like legacy and reputation, he's going to have to do it in the playoffs. You're absolutely right. But they say the regular season is only supposed to be I mean the MVP is supposed to only be a regular season award. So he still could win it and obviously winning back-to-back MVPs is pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh the next thing was the Athletic put out a nice lengthy piece about Zion's contract. And how a lot of it is not guaranteed. Um, he has to hit certain milestones in terms of his weight, hitting the amount of games he plays in. Um, I so think I saw that, that it's like it's like a combo of his weight and like body mass yeah. index oh, or whatever. Okay, yeah. Like something about being that under number like needs to be a certain number. Okay, yeah, I don't. We can get the exact details on that, but still, just crazy to see that that actually is the case, and he's still like seemingly it's just like i don't does he not care like i don't know it seems crazy like most guys when money's on the line and it's like a pseudo contract year for him now you get the best of guys um so yeah, it's but like do you really even think more they'll cut him do you really think they'll cut him no but like i i don't know it's it's pretty wild. It is, don't get me wrong it is bizarre i just i saw a tour it's like it's like well they're not gonna like cut him they're not gonna. They're like, probably not gonna unless it was got so bad that it was the best way just out of the contract. But I wonder if it makes it. I don't know. More I mean, like it definitely makes it easier if he starts missing like huge periods of time and stuff. It, yeah. Well, like I said, it's really just more concerning for his long term future that something like that. Like, at what point does something actually motivate him to be like, "All right, shit, I I really do need to change." I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's I don't know. Person. It's it's bizarre. It yes. is bizarre. You don't you don't really see like a pro. I mean, it's gone from kind of like a joke where it's like I mean he's still like that to now it's just like no nah, he's fucking just massive like it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I mean, is he, he playing? Is good. he playing? I knew he missed a couple of games. Is he back playing now? Yeah, I mean he's been he hasn't been missing like any extended period of times. So he's just kind of missed games here and there. Uh, I mean he might have missed a couple in a row. The Pelicans looked really good without him. Um, they <laughs> played kind of a lot differently and a lot better in, in a lot Faster. of ways. And they have a. Yeah, faster, better defense. Um, I mean, he doesn't really, he's not really a great rebounder for his kind of size and the position he plays. Um, and obviously not like far from an elite defender. So it kind of changes some things for them and they have a lot of other good options. So if they can keep up the offense, which they kind of can by putting more shooting and defense out there when he's not around, it's, it's just something interesting. And when you throw in that and the contract, it just makes you wonder if could we suddenly see a surprise, you know, Woj bomb that like the Pelicans are listening on Zion talks or something like that. Um, and at a certain point, when do you just say, like, hey, a change of scenery might honestly actually be best, best for both sides here? It would have to be the place with, like, the b- most bland, like, food. Yeah. Yeah. You, but, I mean, and get, women. Gotta, get him out, gotta get him away from that New Orleans scene is probably for the best. Yeah. <laughs> if there's any yeah. scene. I again. think his only options would be, like, Minnesota, uh, yeah. Utah. Yeah. Yeah, That's, probably something like that. I mean, that, that also might be it. I don't even know where else would be. Like, <sighs> what's another? Indian Pacers, maybe? Yeah, but don't they have great, great, they're known for their steakhouse. Actually, yeah, yeah, no, that wouldn't be good at all. Yeah, they do actually have a decent, yeah. I think with the amount of money he has in any NBA city, you could probably eat pretty well. Yeah, so, I can't do Chicago. He, imagine him around <laughs> a deep dish pizza, holy shit. <laughs> Alarming. Um, um, 
Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's, it'll be tough, but tough something to going. watch. And we'll we'll see if he changes hands. That can be a big story, and see if a change of scenery is able to change anything for him. Um, I'm still hopeful because again, he's fun to watch when he's right. But it's looking bleak every day. Um, and then from one kind of star-crossed guy from that draft to the other, John Morant, who won the Grizzlies with another massive win in his second game back, and props to him. He just immediately goes back to looking like that all-NBA guy, like hasn't missed a beat. The Grizzlies mm-hmm. suddenly look like a really good team. So, again, really cool for all the right reasons and just throwing one more good team into that loaded West and knowing that they're going to be motivated to play every game like it's a playoff game. So if they want to chase the play-in, is Is Marcus still out cool. for the Grizzlies right now? He's due back. Uh, he might actually be back tonight, but either way, he will be back very soon if not. So he's yeah. well on the road to recovery. So they're all getting healthy and could suddenly be like a very good team out west. When yeah, like I, said, I mean, I'd love to see Jaw. I mean, I think, again, I thought that that whole thing was a little bit like blown out of proportion. I thought, um, again, he brought it all on himself, I guess, by just, you know, the second yeah. one in the car was just like, dude, holy shit. I but know. I am kind of like, <laughs> me personally, I'm sort of ready to just move on. I know that. There's a lot of, like, people were making, like, a lot of jokes and stuff like that. I feel like, you know, those are well, all a little bit played out, um, so things like that. But I was going to touch on that next. I was saying it's all a good story, but I don't know if you know. So uh, his dad, T. Morant, was on, mm-hmm. I think it was Justin Termini's radio show or someone the other day. They just, like, randomly got him on there. And he was basically talking, like, just, like, no remorse whatsoever. They asked him, he's like, has the inner circle changed for John? He's like, no. He's like, nothing's changed. Like, Almost, like, <laughs> defiant of, like, we're not changing. Like, it was bullshit that we got suspended, and now we're back, and we're, like, pissed off. So I just thought, I was like, okay, that's kind of interesting. I and mean, then, again, um, the only thing, I mean, it's not, I But mean, it's all self-inflicted. Like you said, 25 games you could argue is harsh, but he almost, like, dared the commissioner to do it, where he obviously spoke to him and was like, don't do this again. And he was like, okay. And then he does it. It's like, all right, dude, it's, it's not, it's different from the Zion thing, but it's kind of the same, where it's like, yeah, it's great for now, but are you, like, convinced Zion, I mean, Jao won't go back on... Instagram live and do something stupid at like 10 games from now. Cause like, I'm not like, I don't know. So, I, yeah, and that, then again, we mentioned it too, after that first game where he's like, I, I didn't really think of it at the time. Last time we talked about it, it had just happened. But when he hit that buzzer beater against the Pelicans, he's running off and he's yelling like, I kept the receipts. I kept the receipts. It's like, what does that mean? Like, no one was saying that you, like, weren't good at basketball anymore. Like, <laughs> what have you proved? Like, you haven't proved anything. You got suspended for wicked long, and you've come back for one game. Like, yeah. kept the receipts for what? <laughs> like, I don't, you know, no one was saying, like, anything unfair. I don't, there right. was, like, yeah, you have to grow like, up. Everyone's like, 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 he's still good. It's like, well, yeah, he was yeah. always really good. Right. Like, like no one was never, like, he wasn't off. good enough. It was, like, <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. It's like, coming back and still being good at basketball doesn't, like, prove anyone's take wrong. <laughs> right. The takes yeah, are too immature. Interview with his dad. That's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, so, but who knows? Maybe I mean, maybe now they have it a little more. Uh, I mean, he, he keeps the same circle and just doesn't go on Instagram. Like he well, could, he could have had that yeah. circle this whole time. If it wasn't for Instagram he Live, has. none of us would know anything about it. So, yeah. But I mean, again, it was just kind of more interesting too. They asked. Uh, I see dad if he has an Instagram like... story right now. <laughs> could they be breaking something to, here. <laughs> they asked his dad if he wanted if he could thought like Jaw could still be the face of the league. And he was just like, he doesn't want him to face the league. Like, he's not a role model. Like, that kind of stuff is just like, he has like no interest that. in being the face I of the league. I respect like, that, though. Just he just wants to play basketball and win. Yeah. No yeah, no, no current Instagram story for John Morant. He should probably just delete the account, if we're being honest. But, no, again, I'm not saying any of this is necessarily, like, wrong. But I guess it's more just, like, surprising and not... It's kind of the opposite path that you would expect him and his, quote-unquote, team of people around him to take after... Uh, 
kind of everything that's happened, I guess. Um, and I'm not sure that coming back and playing well in a few basketball games is suddenly giving you like this moral high ground to go out there and be like, see, like I showed you. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, wasn't it you that said that it would be funny if you just leaned way hard the other way where it's just like you became like an NRA like spokesperson or something like that? Yeah. Absolutely. For like responsible gun ownership? Yeah. Why? Yeah, I think that would have been the, the best move. Get at least all those people on his side. Like, why not? Yeah. Republicans <laughs> buy shoes too. There you go. I don't think Tennessee's a blue state. No, probably not. <laughs> uh, well, welcome back, Joe. Welcome I, back. Oh, yeah. Hopefully Please he doesn't fuck, fuck up now. again, but it sounds like he De- might be. Definitely. He's dancing with the devil, it sounds like, at least. For the record, as much as we make fun of both guys, I would love to see the best version of Zion and Jaw and have the Pelicans and Memphis be fun, good West teams. Yeah. Like, we'll make I have infinitely more faith in Jaw than. Okay, so what do you. This is a good hypothetical. What do you think is more likely? Uh, Zion hits 300 pounds or Job pulls a gun out in the next six months? Well, <laughs> Joe will definitely pull a gun out in the next six months, whether it will be on camera for the world I to mean, see like, or not. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'll we'll get caught pulling a gun out, yeah. Uh, and I don't know well, how close Zion is to 300 well, pounds right say, now. What do you think is Zion's current weight? Because 300 might be, you know. He might be well, there. He might be there when he wakes up and before he takes his morning dump. Like, I don't know. So... <laughs> Maybe like I don't know. It would have to be you'd have to find I feel like a different way to uh like will Zion miss more games this year for being out of shape or will John miss he's more games? He's listed at two eighty four. That means he's definitely already three hundred. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That so that throw that whole hypothetical out the window. <laughs> yeah, no. We'd have to find a better way to kind of uh conflate their actual like negative impact they can have on their team in some way where it's like missing games for non injuries. Yeah. Right. Something like that. But I don't know. Again, both kind of kind of sad stories, kind of funny stories, kind of interesting stories. Uh, yeah. But it's definitely something to monitor. Mm. This league. Absolutely. You got anything else for around the league? That's it. All right. Uh next up we have we have the Lakers up next. So staying in staying in the crip. That was another uh, Drew I, nickname. Yeah, that was another <laughs> nickname that he was trying to come up with. Yep. Uh so staying in the crypt. Um, by the way, I had so many crypto P memes ready to go, and mm. it ended up having a big night, so I need to have a big night tomorrow, um, <laughs> or else all my crypto P center memes will go to waste. Monday, so. Monday, Monday yeah. yeah, Monday, Monday, I'm sorry. Uh, all those will go to waste, so if you're listening, which I'm sure you are, Peyton Pritchard, I need you to go uh, I need you to go off for me tomorrow. Yes, or that'd be Monday. huge. Jesus Christ. Christ I'm just so there. excited for the game. I know, I know. Wish it was here now. All right, what do you got for a Lakers uh, preview? Uh, so the Lakers, I mean, we all know about the Lakers. LeBron, Anthony Davis is obviously kind of the team. So, again, much like with this Clippers team, they're a little bit of an older, more injury-prone team. They don't want to play fast. I think if the Celtics can replicate the pace they've brought the last two games, they can easily run the Lakers out of the gym. But uh, LeBron, even at his advanced age, is still playing like an MVP candidate. AD, alternating days, Anthony Davis, whatever you want to call him. If the good Anthony Davis shows up, they he's been a menace, especially on the defensive end. He's been one of the best defensive players in the entire league. So if they get the best version of their star players, obviously the Lakers are a good team. We saw what they could do in the in-season tournament. But we've also seen the downside of that, where since the in-season tournament, I think they've lost five out of six now since then. Um, they've had LeBron and AD kind of in and out of the lineup, where it seems like they're not getting a ton of game with both guys. And when they are, there have been times where they do kind of look like an older and slower team and maybe not a true contender. So again, I think if the Celtics can 
continue with the pace and energy that they've been bringing the last few games, they can really should be able to dominate the Lakers if they kind of slow it down, um, get dragged into the mud, play at the pace that LeBron wants to play at. We're probably looking at a tight game. I'm sure the refs would love for this to be a close game and the league in general want to see a close Celtics-Lakers game on Christmas Day. So again, I think it really just comes down to us being able to dictate the way we want to play and not kind of slowing down, letting them hang around, in which case I'm sure it will be a game. So Again, keeping consistent with the theme we've had for a while now. Pace, 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 space, space, space. Hurry it up. Don't even give them a chance. Run them out of the gym. And, uh, you know, let's get some more rest for these starters. We've got a lot of rest today. Tatum played exactly 30 minutes. No one else even reached the 30-minute mark. So that's what we want to see. Should be well-rested. Should be ready to go. Fired up for Christmas. So, again, more of the same. Let's uh, let's put up another 140 piece, huh? Absolutely. Uh, all right. So, that wraps it up for the the recap the uh, around the NBA the Lakers preview. I would be remiss if I did not mention that anyone who's in the Newburyport area tomorrow at around ten thirty a.m. please come down to Market Square in Newburyport to watch our last place fantasy football person King Chuddy holding a sign, be, looking like an absolute idiot. Um, we're all going to be down there pointing and laughing at him. So hopefully this reaches our audience. It's too bad the Celtics are on a road trip because I know some of those guys when it came down once they heard about it on the pod. Um, but yes, tomorrow morning, Christmas Eve morning, Market Square and Newburyport. A lot of talk between 10.30 and 11, so just get down there at 10.30 uh, to be safe. And looking forward to it. Any, uh, what are your, any, any... on your mind? I mean, I'm excited. One of the oldest, most time-honored traditions in all of sports to finally be able to partake and oh, get my first God. chance uh, oh, i think it's just a great a great opportunity really uh, a great life opportunity that only a handful of people get so um <laughs> oh, no I'm just way. embracing it from all sides and just just super excited for this chance all right we gotta we gotta bring some eggs if you're this excited about it or something <laughs> can't have you this excited um well uh, i thought i had one other thing to say about it i don't oh also i got overruled on throwing the chuddy's corner um what is it? QR code on the sign. So the sign is a great sign, though. I did have uh, eyes on the sign. It's a beautiful sign. It's a great sign. Maybe one of the best signs to date. So we will look forward to seeing that tomorrow. But even more so than that, or actually, honestly, sorry, Chudlings, not even more so than that. I'll be looking forward to seeing all of you Chudlings back here on Christmas evening when the Celtics take on the Lakers. We'll be doing the recap on Christmas Day. Nobody's working mm-hmm. harder than us. I'm bringing you these previews day of. We're getting the re- <laughs> yep. recaps right out to you. Um, we will be ditching our families as soon as that game is over to bring you guys the recaps. And it'll be so. perfect timing for all the fans, just as you guys are probably completely burnt out from spending time with your family. You can sneak away, listen to some Chuddy's Corner, uh, eating some leftovers, playing with some of your toys. So really should be the perfect nightcap uh, for every Celtics fan out there. Absolutely. It's going to be beautiful. Um, we will see you all back here again on Monday. Take care. Merry Christmas, Chudlings.